You're tuned into More Living with Jim Brogan, broadcast live from the Brogan Financial Studios at News Talk 98.7, where old-fashioned values, expert knowledge, and genuine understanding come together to give you the retirement straight talk you deserve. Jim's a former National Advisor of the Year recipient and a financial educator, and he's here today to talk about how you can live out the best years of your life. Jim and the Brogan Financial Team have been helping retirees and pre-retirees across the Southeast for over 20 years in their pursuit of financial independence. You can reach them during the week at 865-862-6800. So sit back, relax, and get ready to learn, because more living with Jim Brogan starts now. Happy Saturday, East Tennessee, and welcome to More Living with Jim Brogan, where it's all about living the best years of your life your way. This is News Talk 98.7 WOKI, and you know Knoxville is one of the most livable cities in America. It's consistently ranked in the top 100 places to live, regardless of the periodical or journal or whomever's doing the, the, the study. The, we have a low cost of living, great incentives for businesses, quality job opportunities. It's a great place to raise a family, operate a business, spend retirement. And I think Knoxville's a great size because it has it's small enough to have a little bit of that smaller town feel and not be too big of a city, but we've got great culture, we've got great sports, we've got great arts, we've got great a lot of great things. The economic growth in our area has been at a steady pace for decades. And the Knoxville area is continuing to grow at a very rapid pace. This morning, we have Doug Lawyer on with us, who's been with us many times over the years. He's the Vice President of Economic Development for the Knoxville Chamber of Commerce. He's been with the Commerce for 22 years, I think, over 20 years. He has a master's degree in urban and regional planning from the University of Tennessee, so he is uh, bleeds orange, I think, right, Doug? That's right. Yes, sir. He serves on a variety of boards in our region and focuses his efforts attracting and retaining top companies and talent so we can continue responsible economic growth for our region. Welcome back to the show, Doug. Jim, it's such a pleasure to be back. I appreciate the invitation. It's great to have you with us. I mentioned the Tennessee being ranked consistently in the top 100 U.S. News & World Report recently named Knox, the Knoxville Metropolitan Statistical Area, number one in Tennessee and number 21 in the country. We also ranked us 10th for lowest cost of living, 16th for fastest growing place, and 43rd for the best place to retire. What do you think are all some of the factors that help Knoxville so consistently rate so high in these types of surveys? Yeah, yeah, Jim, you you hit a lot of that in, in the intro. You know, we are just at, at a, you know, I always say one of the the greatest things about Knoxville is our location. You know, the, where we're centrally located in the eastern United States, the the climate that we have, the four diverse seasons. Um, it's it's a growing community. It's as you mentioned the the cultural scene, the the food scene is something that I would add to that. Uh, the the diversity of of housing stock that we have here in the market, and and the diversity of of employment opportunities, um, is is a big driver uh, to that to those rankings. Now all that growth can pre- present challenges, and we're going to get into some of those things. I have to say, when I was looking at the U.S. News and World Report. The number one best place to live in that report was Green Bay, Wisconsin. (laughs) Now, I've never been to Green Bay, 
and I've heard I have heard really good things about Green Bay. No way is that number one to live with the climate they have in the winter. Yeah, maybe climate wasn't one of the the <laughs> metrics that they used in, in that particular ranking. It's hard to tell. Holy cow! I mean, I'm sure it's great in the summer. I'm sure, but the winter. Oh my goodness! Right. And being ranked forty, what was it? Forty third in retirement. Best place to retire. Boy, it seems like with the influx of people moving from all over the country to retire here, it seems like the verdict from actual retirees is a little even higher than that. Yeah, I, I would say so. We are seeing a, a tremendous amount of retirees, um, but it's also we need to make sure that we're retaining and attracting young talent to this market as well. Um, so that's a lot of what companies are looking for is they want to attract that 25 to 54 demographic, that key workforce demographic. So it's it's important to have a good a good balance. Of, yeah, that's a great that. point because that's the future too. Absolutely. Yeah. And affordable housing is an issue with young people, right? It, it is. It is. And as, as we've seen, you know, since since pandemic in this market, what's what's happened to the housing prices and the, you know, the, the skyrocket in apartments, it's just we've got a supply issue right now. Uh, we're just we're so under supply and it's going to take a few years for that to for the construction industry to catch up. To, it to seems like there's out. an awful lot going on now that's some of the. Those are some of the challenges of rapid growth. Absolutely. I guess the RSMA is, what is it, about 930, 940,000 yeah, yeah. people? We're knocking on a million people, yeah. Is that a good thing? Do we want to hit a million? I mean, I know a lot of cities, when they hit a million, they see even more explosive growth. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's there, there's there's always two sides to that question. You know, uh, when you hit a million, that's when certain types of, of retailers start to look at your market. And, and, and you hit certain screens that either businesses exactly. or people, want, residents want to yeah. look at. Yeah, yeah. And I think when, you, when you're looking at growing to those types of numbers, you've really got to look hard at, you know, where, where do we put these folks, you know, from a housing standpoint, and that's a redevelopment and, and higher density development, those types of things are really going to be critical as we move forward. It seems like there's a lot of multifamily, a lot of apartments being built. Yeah. yeah. I know yeah. in Blunt County, which is part of the SMA, mm-hmm. you've got a lot going on. Of course, they did that to attract Amazon and Smith and & Wesson and all those companies. Right. Right, and that's that's what companies are looking for. That's that's the number one question: where where are we going to find the talent, and uh, what what are the skill sets, and uh, you know what what's the product coming out of the, the the regions, colleges, and universities? Are housing prices getting to be getting to the area where they they're a little bit maybe more of a detriment to being able to attract talent? It it, it is absolutely right now. It's 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 much more challenging just to find homes, um, and then. You know, with interest rates and, and what the Fed's doing, that, that, that makes things even a little bit more challenging right now. Sure. Yeah. It's interesting because uh, the demand for houses, you know, there's such a low inventory because nobody wants to give up their house where they have a 3% long-term right. mortgage yeah. rate and, and yeah. do another house, right? Yeah. So it's kind of a catch-22 a little yeah. bit. And, yeah. The mission statement for the Knoxville Chamber of Commerce is a prosperous, progressive economy forged from a heritage of innovation how has the economy and growth in the area changed over the two decades you've worked at the chamber i mean it's just not day yeah it's uh that's a great question so you know we have historically in the past couple decades been been really successful at attracting large employers large manufacturing footprints large warehouse distribution footprints that you know companies that employ you know, multiple hundreds of, of folks. Um, and now we're starting to see a transition to more of a higher tech, 
um, research and development type of economy. And that's, that's really, we talk a lot about transitioning our economy uh, for the imagination age here in Knoxville. And so um, there's a couple key drivers on that. One is the average wages for those types of positions are much higher uh, than we see with some of the other occupations. And so there's, there's a big focus on attracting those types of industries. And another thing is they don't require as much land. They don't require as much space. You can go vertical for a research and development facility or a corporate office type of environment as opposed to a, you know, an 800,000-square-foot manufacturing plant that takes acres and acres of land, which we don't have a lot of here. What other types of trends are we seeing, Doug? I mean, it seems like there's growth in so many different areas. Yeah. Yeah, we're seeing uh, a tremendous amount of growth from the electric vehicle sector. So electric vehicle production across the state of Tennessee is 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 booming all across the state. We're seeing our fair share of suppliers for that sector, uh, battery companies, electric vehicle charging infrastructure type companies looking at this market, uh, energy storage systems, uh, a lot in the energy sector. Um, and then a lot of it, the life sciences, biotech sector. Uh, is is starting to really kind of percolate in, in this community, which is exciting to see. Just seems like we got a lot going on with uh, when you have the University of Tennessee here, and then you have all the the energy and innovation and all the technology in Oak Ridge and through the corridor, the Pellissippi corridor. It just seems like there's so many great ways to attract people and great young talent. There is, there is, and, and a great example of that is is a company that that uh, ended up licensing some technology, a company called Sapphire Sapphire Technologies. They licensed some technology from the Oak Ridge National Lab. They set up a, a small research and development center at the University of Tennessee's research park at Cherokee Farm um, and are starting to, to do research and development on, on batteries that are used in consumer goods like, like your cell phone. Um, and so that's, that's the type of project that we want to see a hundred more of come to this community. We're visiting with Doug Lawyer. He's with the Knoxville Chamber of Commerce. We're talking about economic development, growth, the great things Knoxville has to offer. When we come back, we'll have more with Doug. So stay tuned. You're listening to More Living with Jim Brogan here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Welcome back to News Talk 98.7's Brogan Financial Studios, where Jim Brogan is coming to you live with important news and advice to help you achieve your dream retirement. Get ready to learn and live. Here's your host, Jim Brogan. Welcome back to More Living here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. I'm Jim Brogan, your host. And you can catch us every Saturday, 9 to 10 a.m. And again, from 3 to 4 p.m. You can also check all of our podcasts of all of our shows online. Go to brokenfinancial.com. Click on radio. You can also download on your favorite podcast application, More Living with Jim Brogan. Today, we're visiting with Doug Lawyer. He's with the Knoxville Chamber of Commerce. And we're talking about all the great things Knoxville has to offer. And he's vice president specifically of economic development. So we're talking about all the growth there. Now, we talked about the challenges with the housing, and we're starting to maybe get a little bit towards a pricing point where not only supply, but also pricing. What are some other challenges enticing businesses to East Tennessee? Yeah, it, it, like I said earlier, the one of the biggest challenges is, is talent. Um, you know, we have got 
we have got to make sure that everybody in the community is is focused on that effort to uh, not only to, to grow talent from within, but to attract talent from other areas to Knoxville. Um, it is uh, the, the communities that have a skilled, trained workforce are the communities that are going to win and, and continue to stay on those all the rankings like that, that she rattled off at the beginning of the show. So. Um, the, the the talent attraction and retention piece is is a is a challenge and, and something that we all need to be to be focused on. So it seems like that would be a mix of the attractiveness of all the things I kind of went through in the show opening, mm-hmm. and also the types of businesses are here. But it seems like there's just a great uh, variety of things for different types of skill sets. There are there are, and it's it's it part of the. Part of the issue and part of the strategy is uh, you start early. You start with kids when they're in middle school and start talking about career paths and different career opportunities. And, um, for example, what's what's going on with Knox County Schools and the 865 Academies is is a is a is a game changer for uh, creating career pipelines for for high school students to start exploring different career paths. Um, And so anything that we can do to to raise that awareness and let not only students, but, but teachers and educators and administrators understand the job opportunities that are here in this community is, is a win for everybody. You know, that's interesting, Doug. Talk about the difference in cultivating that when people are in primary and secondary education versus college, because it seems to me like most, and I know years ago there was a statistic, like I think it was like 70% of College students, when they graduate, settle within 200 miles of where they go to college. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Talk about that dynamic, or you know, where you grow up versus where you go to college. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's interesting times right now because the University of Tennessee um, has you know had a record number of applicants for this incoming freshman. It's getting class. harder and harder to get into it, UT. It's getting really difficult to get into UT, and and, uh, and they're attracting more students from other markets from from across the United States uh, in, into into Knoxville to go to school, which is a great thing. Our challenge is in, in an opportunity is to, you know, retain that talent here for the companies that are here in this market. Um, and so you do that several ways. You, uh, you encourage co-ops, you encourage internships, you know, statistics show that if, if a student gets an internship with a company, they're like 90% more likely to actually get a job and stick with that company. Mm-hmm. So we we do a lot at the chamber and we've got a regional enhancement team that does an awesome job to to get out and engage with the university and and bring businesses in to the to the classrooms. You know, when I look at a, at Knoxville's peer cities in this US News and World Report and we look at the peer cities that are also in the top 100 in which Tennessee's number 21. You know, these are nice places, too. I mean, you've got uh, Asheville, North Carolina, mm-hmm. Greenville, South Carolina, pretty neat little place in Greenville uh, whenever I've gone there and visited. Lexington, Kentucky, beautiful area with the bluegrass, the rolling horse farms. Chattanooga is number 48 and Nashville, 61. Mm-hmm. Is Nashville a pure city? I mean, it seems like they're such so big now. Yeah, at, at Nashville is, here's what I say, we love that Nashville's in Tennessee. Um, you know, there's there's this Team Tennessee attitude in the economic development community, and um, the access to and the proximity to Nashville is good for a Knoxville, just like it's good for uh, Chattanooga and Jackson and Memphis. Um, what what we're seeing now is is companies that might start 
their site selection process thinking Nashville's the only spot in Tennessee. And then as, as they get in there and they start to, you know, kind of peel back the onion, they realize, boy, there's, there's, it's, it's higher cost. It's maybe a little bit more congestion. What, what is nearby? And so we get some looks for that, for those types of companies that um, might shift a, a couple hours in either direction. So then how much are you competing with cities like Asheville, North Carolina and Greenville, South Carolina and Chattanooga for that matter? Yeah, we bump up against Chattanooga and Greenville quite a bit. Uh, we don't compete that much with Asheville. It's kind uh, of a di- little it, bit of a different market. It's a little bit it? different market, but all those all those communities that you mentioned um, have done a nice job with with what we talk about civic furniture. You know, downtown Greenville, South Carolina has done amazing redevelopments. You know, they they built a minor league baseball stadium. Well, now we're doing that here yeah. in Knoxville. And I'm so excited yeah. about that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you can't see it on the radio, but I'm wearing my my one Knox hat for the for the soccer team. So we're excited about that development and, and the energy that brings because beyond that being a multi-purpose stadium for for minor league baseball and soccer and concerts and festivals um it is a talent attraction tool um that 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 entity that development will help to attract and retain young talent to this community it gives them something else to do adding to the list of of amenities and great things we yeah and that's right here. we do have to compete with these other Peer cities that oh, yeah. are doing similar things, but you know the, the the great part about it is when you look at things like all the renovation downtown and in Old City, and you know the 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 South Riverfront development mm-hmm. and all the things that are going on there. Um, and then you mentioned the minor league ballpark. I mean, I can't tell you how excited I am about yeah. having all that and being able to go there and hang out and go to dinner, yep. and go to the yep. game, go have a drink afterwards. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just makes Knoxville more attractive. It's it's going to be um, something that, as a community, we all can be really proud of. What specifics? You've touched on some different sectors that are seeing growth, but which ones are having the most job growth in Knoxville and the surrounding counties? Um, I, I'd say you know we're still we're still seeing a lot of job growth in in the manufacturing sector. I mean, you mentioned the the Smith and Wessons and. Um, you know, with the, the headcounts coming in there, you know, the Amazon facility is getting ready to, to, to ramp up and that's going to bring some, some more jobs. So those sectors are still seeing tremendous growth, you know, healthcare, um, could hire thousands of people if, if we had them, you know, there's a severe shortage in the healthcare sector, um, from an employment standpoint. Well, that's Um, true. A lot of places, right? That's true everywhere. So then you're competing. That's true everywhere. Yep. Yep. So. Um, and then other sectors that are that are seeing some growth would be IT, information tech, cybersecurity, software development, those types of positions. We're seeing some some nice growth in that sector as well. So there, you've mentioned a couple of times now, Doug. You've mentioned attracting the right talent to Knoxville, and you mentioned specifically that twenty-five to fifty-four di- uh, mm-hmm. demographic, and then also retaining them once they he- once they're here. What are the different are there different dynamics with those two things? There are. There are, absolutely. And so from from the attraction standpoint, um, so we have done some some programs around the country where we'll, we'll launch some, some uh, social media campaigns in different markets. For example, um, several months ago when there were a lot of tech layoffs in, in uh, Silicon Valley, we kind of started blanketing uh, the social media in, in the Silicon Valley area with, hey, have you ever heard of Knoxville? Hey, we've got Here's some job openings here. Here's here's a link to some information that tells you about the quality of place that, that we've hit on so much and, and links to actual job openings in the market. And so 
um, that that that's uh, one of the efforts that we've done. And then on the um, on the talent retention side, we're being more strategic about um, going on the campus of the University of Tennessee, the program that we call Home Sweet Career. Um, which is just getting in front of the University of Tennessee students and letting them know uh, about this place called Knoxville. You know, a lot of times students come here, they, they get on campus, they got their heads down in the books and studies, and um, we want them to to be a part of the larger community um, and, and understand those opportunities. So they can't see the forest for the trees oftentimes. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. I hadn't heard that that way. Yeah. Um, tell you what, we're visiting with Doug Lawyer. He's with the Knoxville Chamber of Commerce, and we're talking about all the great things going on. When we come back, we're going to have more with Doug. We'll also have our dollars and cents segment. What do you need to be thinking with increasing health care costs, and how does that fit into your retirement plan and your income budget? Stay with us. This is More Living here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Welcome back to News Talk 98.7's Brogan Financial Studios, where Jim Brogan is coming to you live with important news and advice to help you achieve your dream retirement. Get ready to learn and live. Here's your host, Jim Brogan. This is More Living with Jim Brogan, right here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI, and we're visiting with Doug Lawyer. He's Vice President of Economic Development for the Knoxville Chamber of Commerce, and we're talking about all the different things that are going on in Knoxville and the, and the importance of some of those things to continue to attract and retain great talent and, and maintain our growth and our quality of life. Before we get back to Doug, it is time for Dollars and Cents. Want to be sure you are getting the most out of your retirement? For all the years of your retirement? That's the primary goal of More Living with Jim Brogan and our Dollars and Cents segment, where we provide you with an important financial tip that will help positively impact the quality of your life in retirement. And now, here's Jim with this week's Dollars and Cents tip. How is the healthcare space evolving, and how will that impact your retirement costs? in the future and how do you budget for something like that you may have seen the statistics that the typical retiree if they retire at age 62 or excuse me 65 you're going to spend between 300 and 350 thousand dollars in retirement for medical costs now that includes your medicare premiums and your medicare supplement costs that's that's kind of all in for both insurance medicare insurance and utilization but, you know, we don't plan, we, we don't have to write a check for $300,000 when we retire. It's part of our income budget, right? We have to build it into our annual costs. It's no secret that reducing costs is a great way to boost the longevity of your savings and help protect you against running out of money over the course of your retirement. So the next step is figuring out how to do that without jeopardizing your health and your quality of life. Since health care is one of the highest expenditures in retirement, finding ways to optimize your spending on health care can help you protect your retirement finances for the long run while keeping you covered. 
So health care is an important spending category that we should budget for in our income plan. We have the technology and the health knowledge to live longer and healthier lives, but that those longer lives come at a health care cost. So do you have a dependable plan to cover that cost over the course of your retirement? Now then, in addition to those traditional health care costs, the long-term care space is changing as we speak. People are increasingly being turned away from assisted living and long-term care facilities, especially after the pandemic proved how unprepared some of these communities were to care for our loved ones. And instead, people are turning to in-home health care as an alternative as it turns out to be more comfortable, personal, and convenient, of course, than nursing homes, but it is more oftentimes more expensive. And these costs are in addition to the $300,000 in traditional health care costs. But let's break down the income needs. So when you first retire, if you're a typical 65-year-old, if you're pretty healthy, not Superman, you got a few couple things going on on some medications, but you're not real sick, you're going to spend all in for insurance, Medicare, and utilization. You're going to spend about $6,000 a year per person. So a married couple would spend 12000 a year. Now, that's 1000 a month if you break that down into your income plan, and that includes your Medicare premium, all right, and your supplemental insurance. Now, in, the, in your early 80s, 15 years later, that cost is going to roughly double to about eleven dollars or $12,000 per person. So it's just something you have to build into your income plan because, again, we don't have to write a check for 300000 the day we retire. So you just have to plan for it properly. But don't assume that you're not going to need to have increasing income needs in your late 80s or early 90s because either you won't live that long or you figure, well, I'll slow down my, my lifestyle expenses, my discretionary spending, because health care costs will continue to go up as you get older. And then the long-term care costs are in addition to the traditional medical care. What is your plan for long-term care? I get asked this a lot more and more today because, you know, if you're 65, you've got about a 70% likelihood you're going to need long-term care in your remaining lifetime and meaning you need help and assistance living because you cannot live completely independently all day every day and every week so you need some assistance so i get asked this more and more and more well first you have to be able to fund your health your traditional health care needs and you need to be able to fund your your income and your basic expenses right now if once you do that then you can look at what's the best way to cover the potential cost of long-term care. Do you self-fund it? Do you do insurance? Do you do some of these hybrid plans, these asset-based plans where you kind of take money from one pocket and put it in the other pocket, and it's now more of an insurance asset, but it's guaranteed back to you in some shape or form or to your family when you're gone so it doesn't just go into a black hole? There's a lot of ways to plan for that. So the important thing is in your income plan, putting down on paper what you're going to need to be spending, what is your budget for these health care costs, and then can you fold in a budget for long-term care, whether it's self-funding or some other type of an approach. But having a plan to attack health care expenses head-on is crucial to the success of a retirement and an income plan. 
that's our dollars and cents segment for this week. You can find this week's dollars and cents segment and others by visiting BroganFinancial.com. To check us out online, BroganFinancial.com, you can find out, uh, well, first off, we've got all of our podcasts up there, so you can, uh, there's just a lot of information there to help you stay informed so you can make prudent decisions that can impact the quality of your life. You can also uh, check out our resources. We've got numerous guides on there. Click on resources. You can also click on blog and see my blog that we put out on a weekly basis. My next class through adult education at the local universities is through Pellissippi State at their Hardin Valley location. And it is a one-night class on Tuesday, August 29th, income planning for retirement. So we're going to have a two-hour session specifically and only about the challenges of, of planning income for retirement. So one piece of that is the healthcare side, right? But it's all of it. It's Social Security election. It's understanding widow and widower benefits and spousal and ex-spouse benefits. How do you structure income from your life savings? Because when you retire, it's no longer about how much you have. It's about how you can take what you have and generate stable, dependable income that will grow over time to fight inflation. And that's the key. So that class, again, Pellissippi State, August 29th. That's a Tuesday evening at 6.30 p.m. at the, at the uh, Hardin Valley location. Uh, you can go to my website, broganfinancial.com, and click on classes to get more information on that class. Uh, for some reason, the Pellissippi site uh, is escaping me. But if you go to the uh, if you go to my site and click on classes, it'll bring you right to the options. And if you click on the Pellissippi logo, then it'll take you. To, you can download a syllabus and find out more about that class and re- click to register with Pellissippi State. Today we're visiting with Doug Lawyer. He's Vice President of Economic Development for the Knoxville Chamber of Commerce. He's always been a friend of the show, and we appreciate him taking time out of his busy schedule to come in and visit with us. Now this year, Doug, the Chamber announced the 865 Opportunity Fund. Tell us about the fund and what it's being used for. Yeah, so... When you're looking to grow a community, there's there's a couple there's three ways you can do it. You can you can attract new companies to town, uh, which is which is always fun when we get to announce a, a new employer coming to town. You can work with your existing businesses and and seek out expansion opportunities, which which we do every single day, um, connecting with those existing industries. Um, and then you can encourage entrepreneurs and startups. Um, and so the, the entrepreneurial ecosystem in Knoxville has really kind of taken off in, in the past several years. You know, in the years that we've been doing this show together, even there's there's been a lot of emphasis on that in, in the community. And so um, one of the things we consistently heard was uh, that, that was kind of holding back entrepreneurs was access to capital. And, um, you know, you always hear about you know, the, the West Coast is, is where a lot of venture capital is or, or Boston or New York or Chicago, um, you know, big cluster uh, of, of uh, investment capital for to launch businesses. So um, the, the team got together and and worked with several of our local banking partners. So uh, Pinnacle and uh, Regions and First Horizon Bank all came together um, and put combined a six million dollar fund um, that is being managed by pathway lending locally um, to to deploy those those dollars for 
small minority women veteran-owned businesses. And so these aren't... W- okay, now it's all three of those, right? They're not, not It has to be all three. You said minority women veterans mm-hmm. could be one of those three. Could be one of those three. Okay, I just yep. wanted to yeah, clarify. Yeah, yeah. 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 And it, it can be, you know, a company that or an entrepreneur that, that's living in this market. Um, and, you know, these are, these are you know, 5000 to $50,000 kind of loans. So... Um, and, and these are loans that maybe they went to a, a commercial lender and, you know, they weren't quite ready, but this is, it's just to kind of get them started and getting going. So yeah, help those small, yeah. just when they're starting out. Yep. And I know the entrepreneurship center over at university of Tennessee has been very, very good. I know Tom Graves, who used to head yeah. that up for, he retired professor at UT who had worked in private industry for mm-hmm. most of his career. Yep. Um, now I like hearing the part about veterans because I think there's so much more we can be doing to help support veterans in their transition from military to private life. Mm-hmm. And I'm thrilled to hear that that's one of the categories you're kind of targeting with this opportunity fund. Yeah. Yeah. The, the veteran community in East Tennessee is very strong. Yes. Very strong. We've, uh, the chamber's proud to, to be a, a supporting partner with the, a group called ETMAC, the East Tennessee Military Affairs Council. And so that's bringing uh, active and and um, and veteran uh, enlisted folks into the into the community or into the chamber on a monthly basis, just for for interaction and shared resources. And um, we're always touting the 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 veteran community um, as a as a potential employment opportunity. You know, tap yeah. And the bottom course. line is, regardless of whether we agree or disagree with how military is used or what we believe politically, what we like, don't like. The reality is our military, our veterans, they were willing to put it all on the line. Many did end up paying the ultimate sacrifice, and then many others had significant either traumatic impact or physical injuries. Even those that didn't were still willing to put their life on the line for this country. Right. Absolutely. I just don't think we can ever do enough for our veterans. It's interesting as, as you were talking about entrepreneurship, Doug, I was thinking, because we've got, we're unique because we've got these large government or state employers, if you will. We have mm-hmm. University of Tennessee. We have the ORNL contractors, right. which are con- contractors to the government, of course. Um, and then you've got a big company like Pilot. You've got Alcor or Conic. Mm-hmm. But then you've got a dynamic of small business entrepreneurship, which I would think is critical in any city, regardless of the large employers there. But can you talk a little bit about that dynamic? Because we've got these big stalwarts in the area that are huge employers, but then you've got all these little pockets of business and, and entrepreneurship. Yeah, yeah. And it's and the entrepreneurs are it, – it, it absolutely needs to be a part of, of any economic development strategy is, is helping nurture and grow those entrepreneurs. And a lot of it is – is getting them connected with some of the major companies that you've talked about, you know, from a mentorship standpoint or making sure that the entrepreneurs in this community are aware of the, the purchasing opportunities from some of these major companies um, that are headquartered here or um, providing their services and, and goods to, to those companies. So it's, it's, it's a, it's a two way street, you know, they've, and the chamber is, is, is working hard to, to connect those dots and bring those companies together. I would imagine there's an extremely collaborative effort between, uh, you know, cooperative effort between U- the chamber, UT, um, 
the city of Knoxville, the mayor's office, the, the Knox County mayor's office, mm-hmm. I would imagine there's an extraordinary amount of cooperation and coordination of and, and, and of resources and all those things. There are. Absolutely. Absolutely. All, all of those entities are, are investors in our strategies and, and absolute 100 percent partners in, in what we're doing. Um, whether it's working with an existing business that's trying to do an expansion or um, plugging into a, an asset or a particular line of research at the University of Tennessee, um, it's we've got a tremendous um, ecosystem of, of partnership and economic development standpoint in this community. I'm Jim Brogan. That's Doug Lawyer. He's Vice President of Economic Development for the Knoxville Chamber of Commerce. When we come back, we're going to talk about innovation growth in Knoxville and what the Chamber's doing there, and also how is the Chamber nurturing and encouraging the development of future leaders. So stay with us. This is More Living with Jim Brogan here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Welcome back to News Talk 98.7's Brogan Financial Studios, where Jim Brogan is coming to you live with important news and advice to help you achieve your dream retirement. Get ready to learn and live. Here's your host, Jim Brogan. Thanks for tuning in this week to More Living here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. I'm Jim Brogan. We're with you every Saturday from 9 to 10 a.m. and again from 3 to 4 p.m. You can also catch all of our podcasts online at BroganFinancial.com or through your favorite podcast application on your phone. We are visiting with Doug Lawyer with the Knoxville Chamber of Commerce talking about all the great things going on. In 2020, Doug, the Brookings Institute identified the top 35 regions with the potential to be innovation growth centers. And Knoxville was on that list, number 31. So what is the criteria? What makes Knoxville a leader in innovation, and how do we keep pushing forward with growth? Yeah, yeah, great question. So we have so many innovation assets here in this community. You know, economic developers around the country would would kind of salivate to have the assets that we have here with, and we've hit on some of these already, the University of Tennessee, the Oak Ridge National Lab, the Tennessee Valley Authorities doing a lot of research and innovation uh, in, in the energy um, space. Uh, the Electric Power Research Institute is another powerhouse research entity that, that is, has a major operation here in Knoxville. Um, U, UT's Research Park at Cherokee Farm is, is another asset. So all of, all of these assets combined together make us a um, just a tremendous um, place for companies to to tap in and, and take that technology and commercialize it so it is really is really one of the end games here so um, the chamber uh, this first time we've done this we we, we pulled together a, a bunch of data a bunch of numbers and and um, kind of published an innovation report and released and you just it. released that biannual yep. report yep right? yep and so uh, and that's really it's meant to be a baseline Jim is is where are we how do we how do we rank against some of our peer uh, peer cities that we've hit on some of them in this conversation here and really just it's, it's kind of a scorecard Let, let's take a look at this every other year see how we're doing are we moving the needle um to uh, to take advantage of these innovations were there assets. things in that report that surprised you um you know uh, the the things that surprised me were some of the um the the rankings in terms of 
where we stand uh, in terms of certain types of graduates coming out of the university. So innovation, it, it's, it's a lot of innovation coming out of engineering, a lot of innovation coming out of computer science. We, we really need to kind of uh, turn the volume up on those skill sets and those degrees coming out of, out of the universities here in, in the region. Okay, what I'm hearing there is they're, they're coming out with degrees. We need more opportunities for them. We need more numbers of of oh, students numbers coming out of students. With those for those that have greatest opportunities to, to for growth to be a leader that we need to get better at then yep yep engineering all, all types of engineering software development uh infotech um, we need more people we need we need more students going through those types of programs so anything we can do to grow those programs is going to be is going to be great for us so i would guess you university of tennessee is you know they have initiative to really try to attract more of those people to their college, right? Yeah, I mean, you look at the you look at how UT is is trying to grow their their numbers, and um, that that's an area that, from uh, an economic development perspective, we'd like to see. We'd like to see a absolutely. Focus on yeah. Now, Doug, nurturing and encouraging the development of future leaders is so critical to success of the community. The Chamber has an upcoming event geared toward young professionals, the Endeavor Young Professional Summit, or excuse me, the Young Professional Summit Endeavors. I'm not sure I'm saying it right. Why don't you tell us what it's called? Yeah. And um, what is the event and how can people get involved? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. So it's called the Endeavor Summit. Okay. Um, and it's, it's really geared towards young professionals. It's going to be October 19th um, at Bridgewater Place. And so you can, uh, listeners can go to en- EndeavorSummit.com, I believe is is the website. And um, tickets have not gone on sale yet, but you can log in there and we'll continue to send updates as as that event starts to build and as the agenda builds out. So there are some amazing speakers that are uh, in the process of being lined up. And so we encourage folks to, to go on that website, sign up and, and get them. So I know you're, you're, you're still working on speakers, but what kinds of things can people expect to learn at that? Yeah. So a lot of times it's, it's talking about ways to get plugged into the community. How, how do you volunteer? Um, there, there are, are sessions on what's happening in the community uh, in terms of the growth, the, the growth sectors that we've been talking about, making sure that, that the young professionals are aware of that and just getting them together and allowing them to network and, and, and meet each other. And, you know, if you know people in a community, you're more likely to stick and stay in a community. That's right. And so we're just, we're just trying to build that, help them build that network. Yeah, that's well said. So EndeavorSummit.com. Yes, sir. Is where they can get more information about that and get it on the radar. It's on October the 19th. October 19th at Bridgewater Place. Okay. Now, um, what, in closing, I do still want to mention the chamber has, all kinds of resources for local businesses, right? So can you just talk about some of the resources that are available for businesses? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, you've touched um, on a lot, but can you just touch on some others that people may not be aware of? Yeah. So anybody can, can tap into the the resources and programs at the Knoxville chamber. Even if you're not an investor, we, we welcome all to, to come and plug in. If, if you're seeking, um, access to capital, we can assist with that. If if we've got partners with Mississippi State, you mentioned that have a small business development center located at the chamber uh, in our offices on Market Square that can help help you launch a business. Um, the Knoxville Entrepreneur Center, which is located right below us on Market Square, is a front door uh, for entrepreneurs as well. Uh, we even have a, the U.S. Department of Commerce has an, an export assistance center. So if you're 
if you're uh, producing products here locally and you need to export to to foreign markets and you've never done it before or you've been doing it for years, there's a, there's a consultant there that can support you with that. Um, so a whole host of, of services um, that, that folks can tap into. So what's the quickest way for people to get information? Online? KnoxvilleChamber.com. KnoxvilleChamber.com. Well, that's a lot of great information. I think we could just keep talking for another hour or two. That's Doug Lawyer. He's Vice President of Economic Development with the Knoxville Chamber. Doug, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to be with us. It was my pleasure. Thank you. Absolutely. We've discussed all the great things the community in Knoxville offers because a greater community provides for more living so you can live the best years of your life your way. Be sure to check out my upcoming classes. My next one is on August the 29th. It's a one-night class, Income Planning for Retirement, through Pellissippi State at their Hardin Valley location. Now, then we're doing a tax planning class this fall at the University of Tennessee. We're also I'm also doing our financial overall financial survival for retirement class at the University of Tennessee. So check out all of that schedule at broganfinancial.com and click on classes. Uh, Thank you, Jill, for helping produce the show. Thank you, Riley, for engineering the show. Thank you for tuning in this week. We'll see you next week. This is More Living with Jim Brogan, only on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. The views expressed by Jim Brogan and his guests are not that of Cumulus Media. Any discussion of financial, legal, and tax planning strategies is not intended to be individualized advice and is general in nature. Always consult with your advisor for advice specific to your needs. This program's content does not represent a recommendation of any particular security, strategy, or investment by Jim Brogan or Brogan Financial Incorporated.